Hey, everybody, this is the I Didn't Sign Up For This student ministry podcast where we have conversations that help youth pastors grow as leaders and help us all in our ministries go further and go deeper. I'm here with my friend, Nathan. Nathan, what's up? How are we doing, man? Man, I'm actually doing really good. I'm, I'm a little tired right now, but I'm feeling good. I'm officially a Georgian. Yeah. I moved across the, the state line. And well, we rejoice here. We <laughs> rejoice in heaven that you have finally made it to the promised land. So, I made it. Yeah. So, yeah, Nathan had a big move over the last uh, week or so and still kind of moving. And, uh, man, as somebody who just moved not long ago, I just I loathe moving. It is <laughs> not fun. It is, it's like high stress. Especially with kids, right? Absolutely. Gosh, because you have, like somebody has to watch the kids and make sure they don't get crushed by boxes and not get in the way, and then you're trying to. Uh, it's yeah. Sorry, dude. Um, so uh, before we get into today's podcast, we want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Augusta Kids and Company. Yeah, I really want to just uh, if you're looking for childcare in the Augusta area, the CSRA area, we'd love to recommend you check out Augusta Kids and Company. Um, and maybe you're like, I don't have daycare age kids. They're actually opening registration right now for summer camps. They've got specialized summer camps uh, that your students and kids can sign up for. And so if you've got an elementary age child or even a, a daycare age child, please go ahead and check them out at AUGKids.com. Great company. We're so thankful for their, uh, for their sponsorship uh, and for making this podcast happen. Uh, so... This is the I didn't sign up for this podcast. There are moments in student ministry where, man, we find ourselves doing things that we surely did not sign up for when we started out on this journey. Uh, Nathan, what ha- in the last month, what is, what is your moment? What is, what was, what was your I didn't sign up for this moment? Uh, it actually just happened this weekend. Um, and I don't know how you guys handle the end of the day student ministry happens kind of the end of the night students are running all over campus parents are coming to pick them up um, and I'm always the last one to leave so I'm always watching and making sure that the the kids getting with the right parent they're getting in the right car and they're leaving campus well sometimes this happens and it happened this Sunday night where inevitably there's a random student still here everyone is gone and they're just hanging out on campus, and I like go, like the sock in your sock drawer doesn't have a, like a place to doesn't go. Doesn't have a place. <laughs> yeah. They're just kind of awkwardly standing around, and I go over like, "Hey, what's going on? Like, your parents coming to get you?" And it was uh, one of our male students, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah." Uh, yeah. I was like, "Okay, tell me what's really going on." Well, I told him I would be going home with so and so, or so and so would give me a ride, but I didn't actually find a ride where so-and-so wasn't here, and so they are on campus and have no way home. And so I become the free Uber driver nice. to drive the student home. Um, and kind of where, where we're positioned um, here in Grovetown, their home is actually way out in Evans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was a 35-minute drive. And so, man, if I was Uber, I'd have made some good money. But I am a free Uber driver for students when they need it. And I definitely did not sign up for that job. But that actually ended up being really cool. We got to talk about graduation and summer and what their plans are. Uh, So it ended up being really cool. That's cool. Quality time. You didn't plan for it, but uh, those moments are neat. Uh, For me, because of COVID, we had to move um, worship uh, places. Um, We've been having worship for a modern service in our gym 
But now that things are starting to kind of look up, we're moving back into our regular worship space. And so for the past week, uh, myself and another staff member, um, we have been cleaning. We've been cleaning out our sound booth in our old space, uh, like making piles of things to donate like VHS players <laughs> and old, very, very old uh, projectors and uh, DVD players. Oh gosh. There was a speaker that we found that um, looked like it was from the 1950s that had been in the closet for as long as that building has been there. And uh, so, yeah, I found myself cleaning up the, the, the sound booth area uh, throwing away, I'm a, I'm a, I, my wife would argue because she says I keep every T-shirt that I've ever had. But I, I really like to get rid of stuff and clutter. Um, it makes me feel good. It makes us feel good. Uh, and so, yeah, didn't sign up for that. Uh, but super productive, man. When you look at that and you see like all that space and all that room where you could put new stuff, it's so fulfilling. <laughs> really good. So today we're talking about event planning. This is something that I think no matter um, the size of your ministry, your location, where you are, this is something that we all have in common. Um, I have a friend who calls me a cruise director because it seems like every time <laughs> that we talk, uh, we're planning an event. We're planning something. And that isn't, you know, that's not the crux of, of student ministry. The crux, you know, we talk about is relationships. But Event planning is important because it's in those events that we get quality time. You know, those 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 three day weekend retreats, you pack in like three to six months of equity in just three days. So, events are really important. Um, and as we head into a new normal, uh, uh, post COVID world, um, we're going to start seeing the the need to plan events and to and to get that ball rolling. So we thought we'd take an opportunity to talk a little bit about um, how to plan events and, and uh, how to execute them well and the, the, the science that kind of goes behind it. Yeah, so, you know, we all know that when we have these events, we, our, our role in this, in the seat that we sit in, is to provide environments and opportunities for our students to meet Jesus, to meet God, to have these one-on-one encounters uh, and, you know, tonight or today, we're not really going to go into the actual, like, how does that happen? Mm-hmm. We can talk about that in another um, podcast episode. But today we're really just thinking about big picture mm-hmm. of the the nuts and bolts of what does it mean to make an event happen. And so, yes, we do understand that, you know, there are like, how do you get um, students to respond and those kind of things and how do you make that environment awesome where they can even though they do walk in expecting how do we get them to open up and say yes to Jesus in those environments we'll talk about that another day but we're just talking about the nuts and bolts when you're just planning the event today as far as logistics and things and so you know before we really get started there are two different types of events that you'll find in student ministry world um, one of those are events that are planned for you um, and all you do is have your people pay the amount of money that the, the the person says, and then you can go. The other one is an event that you plan yourself. And so each of these have pros and cons, obviously. Um, and, you know, in our ministry, we do a bit of both. Yep. Um, sometimes you want that, you know, hey, it costs $400, and you just bring your kid, and mm-hmm. it's like, man, I can let the parents handle f- coming up with the money, or we can talk about fundraising, we'll do that a little later. 
but I don't have to do a whole lot of grunt work or leg work to make it happen. Um, on the other end, there is something really awesome about being able to put together an event that's catered for your ministry and your students. And so, you know, it really just depends on where you're at. There are two different kinds and, you know, different churches, youth pastors, different times of the year and stages of your ministry dictate needing either. Yep. But when you're thinking about that and what you should do, I think a great question is, is who are we doing this event for? Who are we planning this for? And so there are events that are specifically tailored to different age groups of people. If you're talking about a high school event, high school events are more social. They're more relaxed. There's more free time built in um, just naturally because that's what those students are looking for, and they can handle it. Yeah. You know, when you build in that extra time for a high schooler, it allows that relationship to be built. And oftentimes, if there's something they're concerned about, in those one-on-one moments, they'll ask the question. Right. And that's really cool to answer that in a one-on-one setting as a leader. On the flip side, right, if you're doing an event for middle school, um, it needs to be very high energy. You need a lot more structure right. with the middle schoolers. Um, and, you know, you might be sitting there going, why do I need this structure with middle schoolers? Well, if they have that same free time that you give to a high schooler, where a high schooler is going to look to be relational um, and ask some questions, maybe a middle schooler is going to look to break something. Right. Um, and so it is just kind of the more free time. Um, this is the definition of idle hands of the devil's plaything. That's right. Yep. yep. In middle school. And so let's not give them idle hands. Let's provide structure and activities, boundaries, expectations, rules, and make sure we are providing for them what they need. Um, and then, you know, the other side of it too, is who are you, you know, who is your, the event for, but also who are you trying to reach with this event? Are you trying to reach new students, this evangelistic type of event where you're getting students in, or is it a type of event that you're trying to build into, pour into and develop the students you have more Mm -hmm. of a discipleship type of an event. And so who you're trying to reach is really important. I think too, like when you, when you think about who you're trying to reach, uh, such an excellent point about um, the retreats, trips, events. Um, you need, I think, you need a little bit of everything. Like, it, it, and and I read, uh, I was reading a blog about how um, it, they they talked about not planning too many events and too many retreats. Like one big one a quarter seems to be for 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 me anyway. That seems to be the sweet spot. Is one thing a quarter? Um, make it excellent. Do everything excellently. Um, but then each one of those, what I've noticed, and I don't know that I intentionally thought about this as I was planning, but in each quarter that they do kind of reach different people, mm. uh, just the way the events are structured, you know, our fall retreat is kind of one of those catered, uh, t- catered, um, to everybody events where you pay your money, you show up and you, and then you just participate. Um, but man, our, like our winter retreat is specifically tailored for our students because we do all the planning mm. and, and I don't know, there's just, some, it's, it's, it's nice to kind of, um, do things a little differently each time so that, you know, it's, so it's, it's different. And, uh, that's an encouragement, you know, don't over plan, um, keep it, keep it fresh, keep it new, um, when you're planning your events. Absolutely. So, so Nathan, it obviously takes money to make <laughs> stuff happen. And I was searching around uh, the campus of your church, so we're recording at right now. I don't see any money trees. 
There's no money trees. No money trees here. Uh, and I think that sometimes uh, in ministry, we think that we get a pass on the math because we're doing God's work. The, the truth is we don't. And that the, the money and the numbers have to work out. How does that happen? Well, and, and I'm, I'm so glad you say that because I, I can remember being a very young youth pastor, fresh, um, and, and feeling like, well, it's okay. I can, I can do a little extra. I can go a little over the top because it's ministry, right? It's, it's for the kids. No one's going to argue that. Well, especially if you're on staff at a church and you've been given a budget, the entire church budget is God's money. And so it's our job to be good stewards of that. So I love that, that you kind of bring that up, that it, it, we don't get a pass on the math just because in our head, what we're doing is, is the most important thing. Um, so how can we be sure that we're building an event that, you know, doesn't, isn't too much, if that makes sense, that we're, that we're not creating something that students or, and their families can't afford, but at the same time, we're not overspending our own budget. Um, all of these things are, are really important. And so how do we, how do we kind of price point this right? And so when I'm thinking about budget, I like to think, um, about, where am I putting my money as far as events? And so I do, you know, Aaron said once a quarter, we do three events a year. And when I do these events, um, that's where most of our event budget goes to is mm -hmm. to those three. I'm not doing uh, 10 different little events. Most of the money goes into those events. And then I try to make it, when I think about um, in the life of a parent, I try to think of the annual cost. What does it cost for one student to go to everything in our ministry? And I can tell you actually when I started here, it was a lot higher. But my goal is for that price point to be somewhere between four and $600. Mm. I think that is kind of my price point. 600 being on the absolute top end and trying to drop it, trying to get as low to that $400 mark as I can. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some of you are going, man, I spend $400 on one one event and you know you you could do that but then you're trying to okay if that's the case if i'm going to spend four hundred dollars on one event then i need to make my next events cheaper right try to offset that um and so that's also really important to remember because sometimes we can think oh the biggest the best event every time and what we miss is we're going to leave students and parents behind mm -hmm because we've left them in the dust because they can't afford to do that. And so I'm always thinking, how do I make this something that they can afford? Um, and then, you know, I love too that, you know, the idea of how do we get people to sign up and make a commitment? Cause we live in a society where it's a, it's a maybe if I'm like, Hey, are you coming? Maybe. And maybe unless something better comes along. A absolutely. That's yep. exactly it. And so, you know, how do we get them to do that? And that's where we do early bird registrations where you can get an early bird rate and then you have the normal registration and then you have like the late registration mm -hmm. where there's some added fees. And maybe you're sitting there and you're going, okay, well, what does that look like? How do I, um, what should the cost be? What, you know, if the normal cost is X, do I then discount the early bird? I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth. What I've started doing is my early bird rate is what it costs me. Yeah. That's and, right. And so whenever I might, whenever I look at, okay, it's going to cost me X amount of dollars per student. That's my early bird rate. Right. And then you increase for your normal registration and then you increase substantially 
mm-hmm. for your late registration. And some of you are going, well, why would you increase your late registration so substantially? And the reason is, it's a deterrent to get parents to sign up. Yep. Um, and I can tell you, I could go through my list of registrations and the day before the price kicks up, I get all of my registrations. Right. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and I think that I, I've tried not to look at it as penalizing people who are late as much as rewarding people who are early. Right. Um, I, I, it's so much easier to plan an event when I know far in advance who's going to be there. There's a big difference planning an event for 20 people uh, or, or when you only have 20 people on your roll than 100 people, right? And right. so if you think that there's, a, there's probably going to be 100 people at your event, um, it's really great to have the registrations, the registration money up ahead of time right. so that you, you can plan accordingly. And it's really tough when people are noncommittal. Absolutely. So it's it's I, it's more about rewarding people who are early than penalizing people who are late. Absolutely. And Aaron and I, um, as we sit here, we've also we've done everything from little events that are just our mm-hmm. group's grade level kind of events. Uh, we've also done event level mm-hmm. min- events that are not event level events, conference level events where multiple churches are coming together, and you're talking about hundreds and hundreds uh, of students. And so we can tell you, you need those registration numbers. You need to be able to plan accordingly, and that that sharp increase in cost for that late registration is what allows you to have an accurate number, um, or at least a semi-accurate number. Yep. And some of you are going, well, what if there's a, a situation? This is the other benefit. When you make your early bird registration, what it actually costs you, you have the freedom mm-hmm. to individually, one-on-one, go to a parent and go, hey, I can, I can cut this off for you. Yep. Hey, let me give you a discount here. Mm-hmm. Let me... And it gives you the freedom to do that. And so, um, and you know, one of the things is, is sometimes we, we feel guilty for charging on the front end, but I want to remind you that in order for you to have that freedom to extend that grace when you need it, you charge what you charge in the beginning mm-hmm. and you earn that extra so that you can offer that grace. It, it gives you flexibility, right? It, it does. You, you're not sweating about, uh, you know, am, am I going to be able to make this up on the back end? If you if you start with that price from the very get go, then everything 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 is kind of extra on top of that, and it gives you room to kind of you know to be flexible. Uh, this seems like a really good place to interject something about fundraising. Oh my fundraising! Goodness. It's like that is if that could be a swear word, I would make it a swear word. It I is could, in my ministry. Okay, great. So <laughs> we're in agreement. Fundraising is a swear word, but but it is kind of a necessary evil. It is. Um, I don't like to do it. Uh, I, I, I think that, um, that, that it's, it's really hard to, to do well, but I think, I think what I want to encourage, there's a couple of things I think we're going to say together, but one of the things about fundraising, if you're listening out there and, and, and you're doing car washes, uh, at the advanced auto and lollipop sales and bake sales and stuff like that, can I just say, please stop. Please stop. Um, th- it doesn't mean you're a bad youth minister, youth pastor, but we we have got to find ways to have one good fundraiser where you put all your eggs in that basket through something that involves your whole ministry, your whole church, your whole community one time. Because what I have found in 10 years of student ministry is people hate getting nickel and dined. Absolutely. Every time, every time that you, that they turn around coming out of service or coming into church or whatever, and there's a, you know, uh, you know, chicken sandwich sale or whatever. And, and, and the truth is 
if if you're if you're only making a hundred dollars on these fundraisers and and that has to be split up across your whole student ministry, it's not worth doing. Absolutely, it's not worth doing. So find find your one big thing. Find your one big fundraiser that's going to bring in what you need. Make sure you communicate it well. Make sure you staff it well. Make sure you get you know people involved, um, and just do it one time, just one. Yeah, and you need to when you're doing fundraisers. You, the goal isn't to to actually make the the little money you make on the profit margin or whatever it is you're doing. You're looking for you're giving people an opportunity to to donate to you and the mission and vision of what you're doing. Yeah, invest so investing. It's investment, and so what you're really the goal of the fundraiser is less actually fundraising and more raising awareness. Mm-hmm. If you can shift that that in your mind that the goal is actually not to raise money from whatever it is you're doing, um, because we actually just to use an example here, we did a car wash here, um, but what we did is we did it during service, um, but the goal wasn't a clean car because every I guarantee you every car had to be cleaned mm. afterwards. <laughs> but instead, it was an opportunity for us to sell and cast the vision of what we were doing, why we needed the money, um, we were doing missions work. Um, and so we don't do fundraising except for our mission trips here. That's just a personal thing that we do as a ministry, but we do fundraising for our missions work. And so we were able to sell people on what we're doing, why we need the money and where that money is going and how many, many people are going to be blessed by what we're doing. And what we found is that people were not paying $10 for a car wash. They were donating $200 to our mission. Right. Right. And so it became more about awareness and more about casting the vision of what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And when people bought into that, it didn't matter what the fundraiser was. Right. Because they weren't paying for the car wash. They were paying for our vision. Yeah. And so when you shift that in your mind, that's when you begin to get more money. It's not about what you do. It's about raising awareness of why you're doing it. That car wash was next level. It was. Ne- I know what you made on that car wash. It was next level. So, yeah, I, I, I was talking about you know, car washes on the corner (laughs) where where you don't make any money. Right. Uh, But again, that's where, you know, the car wash at advanced auto, your idea is to make money off washing cars. Mm. The car wash we did here was an idea to raise awareness for what God is doing. It was just a vehicle that you use to communicate the idea. Absolutely. That's one. That's great. Great stuff. All right. So, uh, so that was kind of the, the grind, you know, we do the grind, the grow, the go. So that was the grind, the grow, man, uh, how do we how do we think more critically uh, so now that we've got some plans in place how do we think more critically about our our events and retreats what do you think uh, i think you've got to start with what's the value where is the value of this event um you know where where what's what's god going to do here how's my ministry going to be better and then as you're planning the event whether you planned it or somebody else did the question is where can i add value mm. Um, some, I'm actually reading a book right now about making the most of moments. What are these memory maker moments that we want our students to experience and not want to miss out on? You know, uh, when you talk to students about these events, the, nine times out of 10, they don't remember the whole event. They don't remember the highs and the, the, the mediocre and the lows. They remember one or two very, very high moments of these events. And those moments stick with them for their whole life. Mm. Those moments make them want to come back next year. And so we're looking at how can we make these moments even better? 
Where can we add value to these moments? You know, so we we're, it's, it's May. Uh, whenever you're listening to it, just so you have the context, it's May, and, and May here is graduation month. And uh, we just, this past Sunday, we had a, a panel of seniors, and they got up, and one of the questions that I asked them, and they, you know, they were sharing in front of all the underclassmen. I said, you know, what are your favorite moments uh, in student ministry? And, man, that was the question that got the most response and it's amazing. They they could not remember what was said from the speaker or the stage. Um, they don't remember the food that they ate. I think, uh, but they could they could rehearse particular moments that happened that were pivotal in their life, um, or or funny moments that stuck out. But but they're you know those those moments are so important. How can you cash in? on making those moments. Uh, so important. So that's, that's good stuff. Uh, we talked a little bit before about this, but like, but when, when, when do you do retreat? Like how can you be strategic about, about when you can do them? Yeah, I think it's really important. I like your word strategic that we need to be strategic about when we're planning these events. And so here's just an example of, I planned a retreat, um, over a holiday weekend, um, at, one a church that I was at and we were in a very well-off white collar community um, and I didn't even think about the fact that it was a three-day holiday weekend for families and I'm expecting this to be a great attended event Mm -hmm. but what I found is over and over and over um, these families had a lake house or they had a camper or they had friends or family and they all were going on family trips or a family event that they had planned for the year and my event that I planned three months earlier did not fit into their family schedule and so their kid wanted to go and it would have been awesome but family said no we're going on this trip so you know how are you when are you planning what's your what's your 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 culture what's your environment look like Uh, so we're actually this year steering into a holiday weekend but I knew that was the culture we were in so we planned it a year in advance and Mm. we told families ahead of time so they could know and they could know this we're going um, and we've actually seen some good things with that but also think about your semester are you going to put an event at the start of the semester the middle or the end Um, and based on the type of event is where you'll put it if you want an event that's going to help kick start your event and you're going to ride that high all semester put it at the start of the semester don't yeah. put it at the end if you've got a personal event that like kind of one of the things you're talking about that your winter retreat that's for your students it you build up to it mm. right you're building up to that event and so you're putting it in this strategic point where it's not the start of the school year it's kind of in the middle of the school year that you've built up to um, or maybe you put it at the end of the school year the end of a semester um, and so I think it's just really important to think through when are you doing that in the semester with their school, S- try to stay away from exam weeks and midterms and try to stay away from all of that with school. Um, the other thing is, um, where are you going and when are you taking them there? And so I do a trip to an island called Fripp Island and we go in October and you might be going, Nathan, why do you go to the beach in October? Because October one starts off-season rates yeah Um, i'm not taking students to the beach in the middle of the summer because i'm going to pay peak rates which means students and families are going to pay crazy rates to go i take them to the beach in october where it's still warm but at the same time um, we have cheaper rates 
Um, and so that's something just being strategic about when you plan them, uh, is really important. And then I think too, this is a, a big thing for me as far as parents, right? We are always dealing with students, parents, and leaders. And we have to, in everything we do, take them into account. I think with parents in particular, make your big events as consistent as possible with dates and pricing. Um, what does that look like? You know, make it easier on yourself and them by planning a year in advance. Yep. And know that we're doing these events every year at these times. Um, and so, you know what? I don't know the exact dates, but I can tell you that we do our Collide event this the weekend after Daylight Savings in March. We do our summer camp the last full week in June, and we do our fall retreat the the weekend of fall break in school. And those are the three big events that we do. I can tell parents those dates every single year. And they can plan accordingly when they're making their family plans. And the pricing is pretty consistent, mm. um, which makes it really, really nice. And what we've also done, because we're mapped out in a year in advance talking about money, we actually do a payment plan, which is something that might be beneficial for ministries to consider if you can do it logistically, where I now can go to parents and go, hey, parents, it's going to cost you X amount of dollars every month for 10 months, and your kid can go to everything. Yep. And so instead of going, this event's this much and this event's that much, they can actually go online, sign up for a concur- a recurring payment, and it costs them 40 bucks a month, and their kid is automatically signed up for everything. Mm. Um, and it's just been made it really easy. Well, so two things kind of thinking about, I, I think that would be worth mentioning. I love what you said about planning a year in advance. Mm. And I think I think that what ends up happening is after a few years of being – uh, in your position and at, at, at your ministry, at your church. Uh, and if you're being consistent, then as parents, uh, begin to think about and plan, you know, summer or their fall or whatever, they know that those things are going to happen. And they know, even if they're unsure about the date, they know, okay, oh, I better ask Nathan right. when this is going to be, because I know it's coming up. I just need to know when. Right. So they begin to get into that groove of knowing that these things are going to happen. Um, and, and, and if you're planning in advance, you know, put it down on paper. One of the things that, uh, that we do, and I know some other friends that do this too, is, um, they have at the beginning of the year, they're able to hand those dates out. Um, we, we do a little folder where we have like expectations and, um, and, you know, information about the different elements of our student ministry, like a typical schedule, uh, ways to contact, ways to get involved. But then we do, um, a little sheet that's got our, our year, uh, event dates on it. And so we're able to hand that out ahead of time. And you know what? If you go ahead and plan it now, you probably get better rates. You probably get better money, uh, more flexibility. Um, and then if you communicate it ahead of time, we, we for a fall retreat, because it's the first time that we're going to really have a big retreat off campus uh, in October, we went ahead and sent Save the Dates out already. So it, because it is a holiday weekend here in Georgia in the community that we live in, we knew that if we didn't go ahead and, like, tell parents that they're going to plan trips to Disney world or whatever. So, um, we sent like a wedding, save the date. It doesn't look like a wedding, (laughs) but you know what I mean? Like, you know how you get to save the date for a wedding? Well, people are getting a save the date for the retreat. Uh, so because we're coming out of COVID, it's going to take a little bit of while and take a little while to get back into the groove. We thought sending out, uh, save the date uh, would be beneficial so that it's blocked off. 
the parents know, you know, that that's coming down the chute. So, well, and you also think one of the big things with the event is marketing. How am I going to market this? When you have the same retreat consistently year after year, you don't have to market it. Your students will market it for you. Either way, right? Like good or bad. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So the grind, the grow, and now the go. We, we've, we've talked about planning. We've talked about strategy. We've talked about, um, you know, kind of nuts and bolts. So everything's planned, Nathan. We've got our dates. We've got our retreat. We know what we're having for dinner. We know how we're going to get there. Now what? Now what, as a youth pastor, as a, as a leader, what are some things that we need to know or do going into the event uh, to make it awesome. Yeah, I think it's really important. And sometimes we get, we, we don't set ourselves up to win on the weekend. We set the weekend up to win and we don't set ourselves up to win. We set ourselves up to be exhausted and to miss awesome opportunities. Um, and what I mean by that is we probably have all the knowledge and there are certain people around us that we could give that to, but they don't have it. Because we're like, oh, I've got it. I can do that. I'll do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all the way down to Z. And we don't set ourselves up to win. Um, and I did that for many years and, and until recently. I now have all of my trips have a um, event director that they are in charge of the, of the during the week facilitating of everything happening. Um, all the responsibilities are delegated out. All those things that I say, oh, I can handle that. Yeah, I probably could, but I'm going to give it away. Mm -hmm. I want to delegate that away. I want to let other people handle that. And what that means for me is now I get to just be in it. I get to have those one-on-one -on -one moments with students. I get to have one-on-one -on -one moments with leaders. I get to kind of, if there's a, an issue that pops up, this is another thing that happens. There's inevitably going to be something that goes wrong. I now get, I have the bandwidth to handle it, that I can step into that moment, handle it, and then pass it off once it's handled. Um, and then it really just allows me to be the, the problem solver in that moment and to focus one-on-one -on, -one on the people that are making it happen. Mm. Um, that's good stuff. Uh, you know, if, if I think it was Craig Rochelle said, if, if, if there's somebody that can do the job, 75% of what you can do with an upward trending arrow, give it away. Absolutely. And you know what, man, there's, there's not a lot that we do that we couldn't give away. There's, Absolutely. there's some things that we probably can't give away, but. A lot of it we can give away, and that just frees up. Uh, so you got more bandwidth in between your ears uh, to to hang out with kids, hang out with leaders, like you said. I think that um, that too. Talking about setting setting up to win, setting up your ministry to win is is having a follow up plan. Absolutely. Um, you know, having that already in place before you go, uh, so that you know Sunday when you return, or Friday when you come back from camp, or or whatever it is, have a plan in place. Uh, whether it's an email to parents and uh, a card to students and leaders, you know, divvying up your whole roster for that trip and just, you know, giving each leader, you know, five kids and, hey, write to them or, you know, giving, giving them the cards on Friday and then through the weekend they're able to write something that they saw and then send it on Sunday when you get back or whatever. Whatever that plan is, have it in place because 
uh, if you can strike while that iron is hot, and Absolutely. you and you can and you can let people know that you know you're that that you're glad that you got to spend time with them, you got to know them a little bit better, um, you saw something particularly special that they did or said. Man, that stuff matters. It matters a lot, and and to have that to have that plan in place before is just gonna make it make that. It's gonna put that cherry on top. Uh, well, and so often we we we. I mean. It is a grind going into an event. And so what we find is we work ourselves um, to the bone, really. Mm-hmm. And then after the event, we're like, okay, the event's done. I'm done. I get to rest. When for students, they just encountered mm-hmm. God. They just met him. Their life was just changed. And this is the opportunity when we need to be on it. And instead, we're exhausted. And so having that follow-up plan already pre-made gives you the bandwidth to rest and recover while still following up with them so that then when you're rested and ready, they're still growing and going and you can pick up and run with them and keep it going. I love that. Um, I practically, I think you need to have someone that takes pictures and video. I mean, just practically, that's not you. That's not me. Yeah. Don't, don't let any, don't you again, don't do it yourself. Give it away. But you don't realize how important those are until afterwards. You're like, man, I wish I had, or I wish somebody would have. Have somebody assigned that's taking pictures, that's taking videos. Um, and I'm going to be honest. I mean, this is something that I think is so important. Sometimes we miss. You should be praising, rewarding, and treating your leaders and volunteers. Because you, you know as well as I do, none of these events happen without other people. Yep. And we have to be praising rewarding and treating them and so you know praise them in the moment if they um are do something above the top if they um do something extra they love on students really well they lead really well they make a good comment make sure you're praising them in the moment reward them afterwards i love to send a little card and maybe a little starbucks or something reward them and then treat them at the retreat like they're special and maybe people disagree on this but i think that my volunteers need to be treated a some kind of way on an, on an event, on a retreat. And so I love to do things above the top and beyond for them. Um, and, you know, sometimes students will get, I'll go and get Starbucks and I'll bring it to my leaders. I already have their order. Um, this is another insider tip. Get an Excel, find out your leader's order ahead of time, mm. and make a Starbucks list. Um, and I just go ahead and I just go get their Starbucks. And I show up with the random Starbucks in the moment. And students are going, hey, where's mine? And I'm going, hey, I love you, man, but they're doing something awesome right now. Um, and so just find little ways like that to treat your leaders and volunteers something special in the midst of the event. Um, this is also an opportunity where I get one-on-one time, which mm-hmm. is not always possible yep. when you get bigger. And this is one on I pull leaders aside. I go, hey, let's go grab Chick-fil-A. Let's go grab coffee. Let's go. I, I build it in. So I can have those one-on-one moments with those leaders and volunteers and uh, just make them. Because here's the thing. They're exhausted when they get when they get home on Sunday and they got to go back to work. Yeah. They are giving up time with family. They're giving up energy. They're giving up their weekend of rest um, to be here and to help your ministry and your vision happen. Uh, and so anything you can do to reward, treat, and praise them. I say go for it. Yeah, and and two, you want you, you want them to think of this as a positive experience, um, because most leaders they'll show up, they'll go with you, you know, they'll do the all nighter or whatever, and if and if they don't feel like uh, they're 
they're um, appreciated, absolutely, they may not come back. Yep. And so, yeah, just little things. I love, I love the Starbucks order idea, dude. That's next level. Um, totally taking that and stealing that. Um, and uh, but, 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 yeah, I think just letting leaders know that you are thinking about them and that you appreciate them makes them want to come back. Uh, and that that's something small that can go a really long way, man. I enjoyed this. Uh, a lot of, a lot of good stuff, a lot of good content to think about and chew on here for the next month or so. Um, if you have found either this conversation or other conversations that we've had to be helpful, um, we would ask that you would leave us a review. Let us know what you think on whatever platform that you're listening to, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else. Yeah, and we'd love to hear from you. Um, so don't be afraid to shoot us an email at I didn't sign up for this podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to just hear whether it was helpful, if you have insights um, on this topic or any other, or maybe you have a topic you'd love for us to talk about we'd love to hear that from you um you can also follow us on our social media we have a facebook and an instagram and i didn't sign up for this a student ministry podcast well thanks for joining us from wherever and whenever you're listening we hope that this has been a conversation that's going to help you grow as a leader and help your ministry go further and go deeper we'll see you next time